This is Glenn Crooks on Frame. It began with the announcement that New York City FC would host the second leg of their CONCACAF Champions League match at their arch-rivals home, Red Bull Arena. What followed on the same day, Friday, February the 7th, a New York Times report by David Waldstein outlined specifics and agreements for a new home for NYCFC, the long-awaited soccer-specific stadium in the South Bronx. Four days later, New York City President and CEO Brad Sims hosted a breakfast for those of us who cover the club. Myself, I cover for uh, Pro Soccer USA, and I'm also the radio commentator for NYC, along with the Spanish commentator for New York City Broadcast, Roberto Abramowitz. We sat with Sims to address the soccer-specific stadium, why Red Bull Arena for the upcoming uh, CONCACAF Champions League match, and also City Field Series. That's four of City's 17 home matches to be played at City Field. So it's been a quiet couple of weeks. Yeah, not much going on. No. Uh, so uh, two things causing a stir in the soccer community, especially among supporters. So let's take them both. Uh, one, the CONCACAF Champions League home match at Red Bull Arena, and then the uh, soccer-specific stadium update. So... We've um, we've seen your statements uh, about your displeasure that this game is being played uh, at Red Bull Arena, and the fact that you felt you had some venues um, within the five boroughs that that would have been proper. I, I'm curious, can can you break down the procedure at all, how it works, and is it just Concacaf? Was MLS involved at all in in the decision as to where you would play? Sure. I mean, f first, you know, before I get into that, you know, the first thing I would want to say is that we couldn't be more thrilled and excited to be playing Champions League football. And we feel like we um, are kind of now in our rightful place and seen as, as one of the, the top clubs in North America and Central America. And, and that's where we feel that we should be, uh, not just this year, but but every year. Uh, and uh, it's it's a it's the most prestigious tournament in, in the region and so we're, we're excited to be part of it. Um, having said that, being part of the Champions League tournament means that we have to play home games in February, uh, not just this year but in, in future years as well. Um, and uh, that's, that's a challenge for us because Yankee Stadium um, is not available in, in February for events, not this February, not any February, <laughs> um, you know, for those that aren't familiar, and, that, and that's the case for City Field as well. You know, the, these venues that, that are outdoor baseball venues, they they winterize uh, the the venues, which means they kind of take all, they take all the water out of the pipes, so the pipes don't freeze and burst and cause all kinds of damage, and um, that means there there aren't bathrooms, you know, kitchen, you can't. Yeah, I have concessions and kitchens, and it's just you, you can't really host host events, and um, so that's that's a challenge for us. That, that when we qualified for Champions League, we knew we knew pretty much for sure that that both Yankee Stadium and, and City Field will, would be off the table. We still tried with which them. Means, we still tried means, with them, and yeah. but okay. we, we we knew that they were pretty much off the table, and they were. Yeah. Um, which means we had to you know look elsewhere. We um, vetted you know numerous other other venues, and we feel that we had a few that we thought were were good options. We worked with Concacaf and MLS was you know involved in the process as well um, on those venues, and um, you know ultimately we you know we were not approved. We thought that we had a, a good shot. We were given feedback on each of the venues uh, as to what needed to happen uh, for those to be approved. Uh, we felt that we did everything that we needed to do um, for them to be approved, and yet they, at the end of the day, they still were not approved. 
It's, can you disclose what some of the shortcomings were? I mean, what what, what is the I what could, is the but protocol? Then this entire interview would only be one question um, <laughs> because uh, it's it's a it's a very long uh, you know long process that that you know ultimately is there a you know, is there, can I just ask is there a uh, capacity uh, component like do you have to be able to hold a certain amount of uh, of spectators? No, uh, there there are we were fine with those, okay. um, but there are many 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 rules and uh, regulations and that uh, again that we ultimately felt that we addressed and addressed appropriately. Um, but you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, we were we were told and and we went through seven or eight different deadlines and you know they they um, delayed and and we felt like they were working with us to get to. The solution that, that we wanted to get to, um, you know, but but ultimately it got to the point where we were told that you know pretty much the only approved venue that was within reasonable distance, uh, you know, to New York City would, would be Red Bull Arena. So that's the round of sixteen. Uh, so if the club is fortunate enough to advance uh, to the subsequent round, uh, the quarterfinal. Would uh, you've mentioned in a statement Yankee Stadium or City Field if CONCACAF were to approve those facilities? Do you know going in that one or both of those facilities would be approved by CONCACAF? They currently, as it stands, neither have been approved. Um, you know, they've both been vetted, and we have our list of things that need to be addressed for them to be approved. Um, but there are other challenges, you know, similar challenges that that exist in February for both Yankee Stadium and City Field still exist in early March. Um, and so we're we're still working with um, with our partners there at, at both venues to try and both venues to try okay. and uh, make that a reality. Because Yankees don't play their first home game till April second. Right. So but I mean from a date standpoint, that wouldn't conflict with the CCL well, we play our first, we play our first home game March fourteenth. So, right. um, you know, Yankees have you know they're they're they were aiming at getting the stadium ready by the fourteenth, um, which has its own challenges. I mean, fourteenth is even er- earlier right. than they, than you know they would prefer, um, and so that has its own. Set Welcome of challenges. to the and Northeast. Now, and now we're trying to we're trying to work to to get it open a little bit earlier. So you've um, you've obviously responded to some of the uh, the feedback from the supporters. I mean, you know, part of what they've in their statement, and that was a joint statement from the supporters clubs. They were, you know, one of the things that kind of stands out to me is that uh, they are evaluating all their options, including boycotts, in stadium demonstrations, and protests. Talking specifically about the game at Red Bull Arena. So, how do you address that? Well, I mean, I understand. And appreciate their frustrations. Um, we are equally frustrated with the process. Obviously, that's you know not we would we would definitely prefer to be playing in within the five boroughs. We did everything that we humanly possibly could to to get uh, one or more venues approved in in the five boroughs, and um, it's just an unfortunate situation. Having said that, um, I think that at the end of the day, fans are still pleased and happy that we are playing Champions League football. Um, let's, let's not forget kind of the overall headline is that, is that we're, we're in the Champions League. We're in the most prestigious tournament that there is in, in our region. And uh, we're, we as a club are excited and proud about that. And, and our fans are excited and proud about that. 
part of the reason why they are, you know, that's adding to, to the, the frustration, but it's all coming from a place of passion. Um, I, I appreciate that about our fans. We have extremely loyal and, and passionate fans. Um, and I, I love that about our, our supporters. And I love that about soccer in general. It's, it's just kind of, it's next level stuff versus, you know, my, my prior, um, you know, career stops in, in basketball and baseball and, and, uh, in, in hockey, this is, this is next level in terms of how the fans approach, uh, you know, their relationship with the club and their relationship with the sport. Uh, and, and I love that. And so, um, at, at, at the end, you know, I, I get it. I get where they're coming from. I, I appreciate it. I, I sympathize, uh, and um, I feel, I feel equally, you know, upset and disappointed about it. However, I feel very, very great, and I feel very happy and proud, and that we have a club that's participating in this tournament, and um, we are participating in the tournament, and with the expectation that um, we're coming in and trying to do whatever we can to win, um, and if our fans. I know our fans are going to support us. It's a matter of are they going to support us by being in the stands at Red Bull Arena or are they going to support us by being in a pub in Manhattan and watching it with, with friends uh, there or are they going to support us by being at home and watching it on a stream or wherever they're, wherever they're going to be watching it. But I know that, that ultimately they want us to win that match. Uh, and, um, and, and we want to win that match and we want to move on uh, in, in advance. But the reality is is that if we have the type of club that we believe we'll have this year and in the future and that we the type of club that we intend to have this year and in the future and that's the type of club that is competing for championships that means we should be playing every year in october and ideally november and it also means that we should be playing ideally every year in february um and those times of year present major venue challenges for us um and so uh it, it this is this is an issue that um if we play the, to the caliber that, that I believe we're going to play and that we intend to play, we're going to have have challenges in the future as well. As you approach this game, Brad, um, and the, the supporters obviously have, have voiced their um, their issues with playing in Red Bull Arena. Now the team has gone out and they have made that all supporters uh, or season ticket holders would be able to get into the match for free. Um, which is a, which is a major step, I believe, by the club. But at the same time, do you have any other plans as far as trying to address this with the supporters to maybe ease their fears that this isn't going to become a regular thing, which is what they feel in the conversations that I've had with them about, well, if this one goes well, then it's going to be easier for them to continue to go back there, and maybe that delays uh, the stadium. And so those are the type of issues that they continue to bring up, although you have said several times that that's not the case. But how do you plan to make that case with the fans that that's not the situation? So our, I can say unequivocally that if we – if we have control over a situation, our control is always to be playing within the five boroughs. Um, this is a scenario in which we ended up not having, we, we don't have the control, we don't have the final say on it, and we did everything that we possibly could, and, and unfortunately, it, you know, this is the, the situation we're in. Um, this, is, this is CONCACAF's tournament, and you know, they're, gonna, they're going to approve or not approve venues, and that's going to be... Um, ultimately, something that we don't have final say over and ultimate control over. So, 
I don't know where we're going to be in the future. I hope we have, it comes down, this is, what, this is the case, I hope we have these problems. I hope we have these problems. Because if we have these problems, it means that we're a winning club, where we continue to compete for championships, we're in the Champions League, we're hopefully hoisting trophies um, you know, that, that help us qualify for Champions League. And that's a great problem to have. You know, it, it's, it's unfortunate that we have venue challenges, but it's the, it's the reality. Uh, we're we're going to continue to have these venue challenges until we have our own home. And you know what? We don't need any more motivation to get our, our own stadium built. We have as much motivation and we always had as much motivation as we possibly could to make that a reality. Um, but, you know, you know, this obviously brings it to the forefront even more. And, um, and, and that's our first and foremost, you know, focus is, is getting, getting that happening so that at some point in the future, we, we don't have to worry about this. Anymore. So the exacerbating it a little bit more, why a 6 PM kickoff? So people coming from, the city trying work day and then trying to commute and get to the game that's going to be part of the challenge too you're going to have supporters that want to be there that can't be probably because of that well it also you know speaks to um that being the only venue as i mentioned before within reasonable distance that would be improved there were you know at, at the very 11 you know last minute we were told there were other venues can be approved, but they were much farther away, <laughs> including in other states and in other regions, um, which which really would have been difficult to get to out of out of Wednesday at 6 p.m. Um, you know the Concacaf, uh, you know, kick time kickoff times are you know driven by um, broadcast and and broadcast partners, um, and you know that's a a key you know a key driver I think to a lot yeah. of the decision making. Yeah, that's uh, not about, surprising. You know, that's not surprising. So uh, finally, and this is interrelated, obviously, and you've brought up the soccer-specific stadium. It was brought to light with, with a, a more recent update, uh, the New York Times story by David Waldstein uh, recently, and then um, uh, you came out with a statement that uh, supported the fact that uh, that area was, uh, was a place uh, that um, you, know, you have put some time into as a club uh, and that community. So it was that accurate? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, we, we released a statement, uh, you know, to the New York Times on, on Friday. I, you know, I, I sent a letter to our city members and founding members on Saturday and then, and then a broader fan base uh, later on Saturday night uh, about, about the update. So, uh, no, nothing new has happened since Saturday night. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's now Tuesday, but, um, we, you know, it's, it's safe to say that, um, we are proud that the Bronx has been our home for five seasons. We love playing in the Bronx. We love playing Yankee stadium. That's, that's our home. And, and we feel that that would be, that's the best place for our permanent home, uh, to be. Uh, it's, uh, we, we think that this is a, a transformative, uh, project for the community for the region um, but one in which you know it's it's, it's a situation that's going to be really driven by uh, the community leaders i give a lot of, a lot of credit to our partners um at, at mad equities and new york city edc and, and the yankees really driving uh, a lot of these conversations with uh, local elected leaders community leaders community boards and 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 so on because they're the ones who really need to to drive the project and um, and and let us know what what that project should look like to to be the best for their their community. Well, the CEO Jorge Madruga, uh, and this is this was the end of the New York Times article, and he was referring to 
the New York Yankees giving up some of their parking spaces in order to help the project uh, to fruition. And his quote, what, this is his quote, that's what made this deal happen. So that's, that's one of the lines, I think, that uh, stimulated a lot of excitement. Yeah, you know what, I think, um, well, to be clear, there, there is no deal um, yet. I, you know, I think that it was further um, commented in the Wall Street Journal article about there being a signed term, a signed term sheet, which is what I think that, that, um, that uh, George was, was referencing there. Um, a, a signed term sheet is different from a signed contract. Um, and, you know, and for us at NYCFC, we, we were not a signatory to that term sheet. So um, in terms of kind of the other, you know, nature of this, of this deal, that's not something that I'm, I'm really privy to. Um, you know, we, uh, our partners, have, like I said before, are doing a great job uh, engaging, engaging community leaders and really taking lead in, in the community on this. And um, we'll, we'll see where it goes from here, but we're, we're excited, not, you know, and we're excited about the progress and, and from what we see about the overall project, we think it's something that, that is going to be extremely positive for, for the South Bronx. Let me change this over to Queens a little bit. So you've got four games that are going to be played at City Field this this year, uh, all weekend games. And uh, by doing that, you've taken four games that probably would have been on midweek games at Yankees Stadium. Uh, the atmosphere at City Field for the games that have been played there have been fantastic. And uh, from my personal perspective, it's nice for you to be able to, be able to share NYCFC with Queens as far as that's concerned. But there were three major issues that uh, arose, especially in the last game that uh, was played there. And I just want to know how the team is going to address it. Uh, the first one was getting into the stadium. They mm -hmm. said it was basically chaotic, and I know this personally because my family has season tickets and my wife was texting me as I'm trying to do a broadcast mm -hmm. uh, about the issues of trying to get into the stadium, so that was one. Uh, the other one was uh, the supporter section that where it was located, those seats that part of the field yep. wasn't visible. And the yep. third one was that there was netting along the sideline yep. that uh, interfered with, the, uh, with being able to see the field okay. clearly. How are those three things going to be addressed for the City Field Series this okay. year? I thought you were going to say one of them was that we lost. And so no, that was definitely the, the biggest that, issue. Uh, that, we won't but, discuss that we, but, um, we saw how that happened. Yeah, so you know, generally speaking, um, had personally myself and, and the members of our club had a, had a ton of very positive feedback about uh, the the experience. We had great feedback when we played there in 2017. Um, feedback from our first team. Feedback from you know coaches and and people in our front office, fans. You know, so we felt very comfortable. Felt optimistic that if we could make this a better schedule for our team uh, that, that gave us a better competitive balance uh, with our schedule and, and better chance to ultimately win games and, and be, be competing for championships. That was something that we wanted to do. And we also felt like from feedback from fans, from, you know, swapping Wednesdays for Saturdays and Sundays would, would be preferable. And so generally we're very optimistic and excited. We did hear some of that feedback. Um, some, a lot of that, the challenges came into play that we had five days to to prepare for that game, and the, the, the folks at City Field had had five days to prepare for that game. Um, because if uh, you know, I think that it had gone down if the Yankees had lost the day before, or there hadn't been a rain out, or whatever the situation meant, we we could have played at Yankee Stadium. And so, um, a lot of those logistics issues 
uh, we're tied directly towards that short timeline. Great thing now is, you know, City Field and our partners at the Mets who have been great partners on this have, you know, have known from, you know, from December that to be ready for April 26th. And then, and then, you know, purposely we gave ourselves a pretty big cushion from that game to the next game and July 25th to if there's any issues that we need to iron out after the April game, um, we have time to, to figure that out as well. So we, we feel like with seating address, you know, we've addressed the seating for supporters and all of our city members for that matter, that, that we have a much better uh, process uh, in place there um, in terms of staffing levels and everything like that. Uh, you know, we we feel like that's the city field will be in good place. Also in October, by the way, you know the baseball season had ended for them, and that you know their a lot of their part-time staff had had, had gone. Um, April, July, August, September is we're right in the baseball season. They have their whole staff. Everything is, is ready. So we don't we're, we're not anticipating or, or really worried about any kind of those logistical issues in terms of um, ingress, egress, and, and things of that nature. We feel like we're addressing everything with um, from from the fan seating standpoint. The netting is one that you know in MLB stadiums, and we have it in Yankee Stadium as well. Um, once kind of the netting is up for the season, it's it's up, uh, and there's there's really nothing that can be can be done about that so that's you know one one challenge that we um that we won't really be able to address at, at the games there or in or the games at yankee stadium for that matter and that's what you know we've had some feedback from from fans on that as well and 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 that's a challenge uh, but uh but unfortunately one that, that can't be addressed due to mlb right you know regulations that whole area, Flushing Meadows, Corona, uh, over-indexes in soccer fans, uh, yeah, especially from the Latin American community. What Do you have any events planned around the city field games that would engage that community specifically? We do, and um, we're going to be announcing very, very soon our um – our promotional calendar for the, for the upcoming season, uh, in which you know, we we believe that we have some really great uh, promotions around around the City Field series, uh, great promotion around all of our game. But we have a lot of room to activate uh, in City Field, more room with you know parking lots and in just more space to be able to activate kind of you know fan fest uh, type uh, you know options for for our fans to get in early we know that from the the playoff game tailgating was was very popular and that was on a weekday so on weekends we think that that's going to be a bigger component of, uh, of a pregame atmosphere for our fans uh, attending the city field series and to your point on uh, fan base in Queens 100% right you know for us last year uh, with our um, New York City Soccer Initiative, our, our, our 50 blue pitches uh, across the, the boroughs, our, our marquee uh, location last year was Corona Park, uh, and one that we've been working on for a long time because we know that, that Queens is a huge hotbed for soccer, uh, soccer pl players, soccer fans, uh, and, you know, a, a fan base that we want to engage. Not not the driving force uh, behind having the games there. As I said before, our driving force is competitive balance in our schedule for our players and put us in a better position to win games and, and better mix of weekdays and weekends for our fans but we do feel uh, getting into the the queens um you know getting into that borough for games and, and marketing directly to uh, fans uh in queens is going to be a key component to the success of the city field series this year all right well thanks brad and uh, good luck uh CONCACAF Champions League first ever for the club uh, so big moment coming up yeah thanks for having me and look forward to doing it again soon guys New York City FC president and CEO Brad Sims. Breakfast with Brad this past week. Sims has hired a large number of people since joining the club a little over a year ago, including Matt Goodman in the newly created positions of Chief Operating Officer and Chief Commercial Officer. 
I sat with Goodman as well, and he'll be featured in our next episode. This is Glenn Crooks on Frame.